0: Okay, guys, we have Ronan O'Brien here with us today from Brett Wave, Ireland. Ronan, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and what it is you do?
1: Hey, hey, people, thanks for taking the time to to come in and listen to three lads talk about something out of the norm, out of not an everyday language. But I'm Ronan O'Brien. I, I'm, I'm a limerick man. I am um, I've gone through a an array of businesses and portfolio work to find myself here coaching and working in, in breath work. And um specifically it's breath wave is the, the dynamic of, of breath work that I use. And um yeah, I, I do a Wednesday nights and I was delighted to have the lads jump on and so Hope you enjoyed the conversation.
0: Thanks, Ronan. And as you've said, our pats only crossed very recently. And I jumped on to, I jumped onto a couple of your Brett work sessions now and I was telling Cormac they were very deep for me. Very deep, very powerful and in somewhat magical. Mm. Um those experiences. I don't. I have done bread work in the past. I've never gone as deep as I've gone in them couple of sessions I've done with you, mm. um, and I was just wondering: is that the kind of feedback that you get from everyone that comes onto your thing? Is it always that deep, or do people have an array of different experiences with that work?
1: Well, yeah, it's it's kind of a yes and no answer. It's it's always that. Um... Deep in terms of the the presentation and, and and the giving of it, and depending how a any particular night finds somebody in their mood or in their ready for openness or in their ready for really getting in, and not being so distracted. I so every week people do have amazing experiences, uh, but some weeks some people might have a just use a an, an, an easy way to to describe it like a a five out of 10 or the six out of 10 or and then every now and then it's 10 out of 10 so it it doesn't it's not always the same Mm. so that I have found that people who 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 log in for the first two or three and get and find wow this is amazing and then as they continue it slacks off a bit and it slacks off a bit mostly because people are going back looking for the the great experience that they encountered the week before, or two weeks before, and they're like they they have this expectation build up, and like everything else, when you build something up with two expectation, it doesn't meet it You're like, oh, I must be doing something wrong, and there's a slip off then, you know. Um, there's a slip off from people who have great experiences, and then they might run into that. And, but when they come back again after a break, they often find that they were like, oh, it's it's there again, you know, because it's just the expectation level is what's in people's way.
0: And just, I was just thinking if anyone that's listening that might not know exactly what Brett Walk is. Yeah, yeah. How would you, how would you describe that to someone now that's hearing this for the first time? Like you said, a little bit out of the norm. Of the normal day of conversation, how would you describe what the breath work you do is, or the breath wave? So, the, the the breath wave is a conscious, connected breathing
1: cycle, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an unforced, relaxed repetition of connecting into how you're breathing, connecting into the body, connecting into how you're breathing, and it's the the way I do it online is is in a meditative way, so it's it's relaxed enough that it's meditative and it's not strong or, or, or pushed. But for anybody who is completely new to to Brett work and it, it's been kind of thrown around that it could be Brett work now is like yoga was in the mid 90s or something, you know, it was like, yeah, you heard about it, but it was for those kind of hippies or those kind of yeah. people that they were <laughs> something else. And i think it's somewhere in the same category now and but bread work is something that we do obviously every day so the breath wave work that i do online is in that category and then i do um clinic clinical breath work called buteco work uh buteco breath work and that is more about like i'd have clients that were from the long COVID or who are after experiencing COVID and had respiratory difficulties or they had, um, asthma, people who were having asthma and they needed, they heard of the how breath work and breath exercises can facilitate them having a stronger respiratory system. Uh, old age COPD, it covers the, the boutique worker, the clinical breath work covers a lot of that area. Um, but I go under the banner of, of breathwave. Um, I also do the oxygen advantage breath work, which is many of the mixed details that come in around um, sports performance. Um, so breath work is something that we do. We breathe every day, obviously, but people forget that it's the most it's the most common thing we do every day, and we get hung up in the health or the wellness category of, you know getting stick into a diet or, you know, drinking more water or getting more exercise and they are all extremely valuable. But People forget that it's, you can go weeks without food, days without water. And how many, how many minutes can you go without breathing? So, Mm -hmm. so it's the most, it's the most constant thing that we do. And if we can get it right, and if if we can get it consciously programmed right into our system the The health benefits are they're superior. Like they really are superior in terms of like your heart rate variability, your your ability to detoxify. So when you're breathing correctly, seventy percent of your detox is through your breath. Um, it's, it's, it's so you know technically it's it's a weight loss tool.
0: Mm. And Ronan, just something that just came to me there when you're talking is, what was it diet- that got you into doing Brett work like what what drove you to want to delve into this and discover what this was
1: yeah so over, initially my, my my background is in a as a strength and conditioning coach or in fitness and I was working in, in a lot in the corporate area and um, you know I had my own kind of you know deeper inquisitive questions about the nature of things and the nature of me and and my identity and, and and where it was resonating in in in, in life and I, I knew what it was like in a social structure and but I just felt there was there was something more that and you know I I'll use the word spiritual but there was something more kind of a niche that I was trying to scratch and it, I came upon um, Oh, Graham, um, oh, Graham Hancock. Sorry, I was going to say Graham Norton. <laughs> no, Graham Hancock. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Graham Hancock, who's a who's an English writer and um, who's doing an awful lot of work with. Uh, his, his theory is that we are a species with uh, amnesia. We're a species with amnesia and how that our our pre-ancestral timeline is much much further back than the current norm is thought of and he's done a lot of work with with the book called um fingerprints of the gods that was his big book i'm i'm pretty sure and there's a lot of other corresponding academics in that area who say that you know human life was thousands of years previously than you know we currently we currently understand Um, so I'm listening to him and he starts talking about that. He does, he does this plant medicine called ayahuasca. And I'm looking at it going ayahuasca, you know, just trying to spell it out. So that was, that was the first time I had kind of heard about plant medicine. And I had asked my friend and I'd kind of put out words. And so we're going back, what, five, six, eight years ago, um, So it was still relatively at that beginning stage of, you know, the, the, the Joe Rogan podcast might've been talking about DMT and I, I got Mm -hmm. onto that, you know, listening to that later on, but that was my first kind of where I heard about it. And subsequently I would have gone onto other different podcasts and figured it out or heard about it more, but I ended up doing a shamanic ceremony with, um, With a Mexican doctor who had papers to travel with the sacred medicine, and my friend at the time, still my friend, was was saying that, oh, it's it's like ayahuasca, you know. You were asking about it, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. Um, And I, you know, I had you know my background was just training and just you know healthy lifestyle and pub and drink and you know, so I hadn't come from a rave scene or I hadn't come from LSD or ecstasy or anything like that, I hadn't that it just hadn't come across my plate. So when this came up, I just felt the urge to go and I drove up to Wicklow and we had a an experience with a medicine called Bufo Alvarez or the toad medicine and um, probably the single most changing point in my life and how that came to me with more questions to ask than answers, than, than answers that I got, you know, just asked, I was like, had so many more questions and still do, but it's, um, it's how that was the, the start point of going down and, and trying to ask questions about the shamanic side of things and the indigenous medicine side of things, plant medicine side of things. And, and in that, I came across an experience where we were, we did breath work and we did breath work with just, a little smoke of uh, Santa Maria, which is the the ceremonial the ceremonial context for for marijuana, and how it, it's 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 very understood as a as a as a plant medicine and a teacher medicine outside of you know calling it weed or calling it something like um, that, that's something more social and. So it was it, the whole ceremony was held in that context and we did the breathing with it. And literally, you know, I would taken a few smokes of, you know, marijuana before, but I took a smoke of this, you know, I was fine. And But then when the breathwork work came in and the breathwork came in and I just went off and just to just an amazing journey that was, again, she was just so fantastic. And, but, you know, it, it was tough, but it was fantastic in terms of where it went. And, um, yeah, that was how my first interaction with Brett work. And I got curious
0: about it after that. Mm-hmm. That was a powerful, powerful way to get, to get stuck into it anyway. Oh
1: ah, yeah. It's, um, it was, it was a sledgehammer like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. Yeah.
2: I think, um, <clears throat> from what you're saying there, I mentioned on one of our earlier podcasts about like my experience as well with ayahuasca and it was, me it was as you said there like a hammer blow it was just probably the most difficult thing i've ever went through but at the same time one of the experiences i'm most grateful for looking back and for me as as well i think it left me with nearly more questions than answers but also i was just thinking like sometimes i even look back and be like was that all in my head or you know at the time it seems like there's this knowing that's like there is something more and then when you come back to reality and you know you're back home in Ireland and you're just back doing the things you always did sometimes you're like Jesus was that just all in my head and I suppose I, I've I've had a, multiple experiences like spiritual experiences as you'd call them and I still at the time I'm like so certain that I've found some sort of truth in what, what's going on but then I'm also when I come back to chat with people I'm also like okay maybe that could be a trick of the mind as well so it's always there always seems to be some way i can rationalize it so for you is there how do you know like yourself if there's what you're experiencing is say a past life or some other thing that you've forgotten and how do you know the difference between say tricks of the mind or what's actually real
1: good question i mean and, and 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 your very last, what's actually real? Like that's that that's the biggest conundrum across the board. You know, in the in 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 all realities, you know, it's like what's actually fucking real. Yeah. The um,
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. like,
1: you know, when you get right down to listening to some really deep, uh, mm. some like I listened to a podcast with with uh, Deepak Chopra, and I wouldn't normally go to him. But again, he was he was after after catching this this wave, and I was like, "Fuck!" He's really <sighs> describing some of the, some of the, the context of, and the deep learning that I would have you know received in, in the the before the toward medicine, and um, so I was, and if I hadn't gone down that route, I would I would have switched him off because you wouldn't have a clue where he, what he's talking about. Mm. Um, well, for my perspective anyway um but yeah so i mean people do get run away with their imagination even even in plant medicine and it's a bit, as a bit of an escapism even you know that you know when something tough comes on in the medicine and you're like and you, and you go off and you start looking for the fairies so you start looking for the the jaguar you want you want to see the colors or you want to see the you know show me the the entities and all this kind of stuff and and, and people go in there to to specifically to look for that and if they, and if they don't see it they, they, they think that oh, it wasn't great or whatever but like the medicine is really about okay there's a physical healing with those medicines but there's also they're also there to test you in a way that makes you better as a person, because we live, this is the world we live in. This is the families that we live around, the friends we live around, the work that we're in. So, I mean, we've got to get better in in that area and not just have, otherwise it's just tripping, isn't it? Mm, You know, it's not work, it's tripping. And yeah, that's, that's your thing. That's your thing. But it's not really going to progress you in, in, in a lifestyle format. That's more beneficial. We'll say, but, just trying to make sure that I answer the question fully is that how do I know? I think I know because it wasn't something new that I had learned. It was a remembering
2: Mm.
1: and it wasn't something that, you know, I was, it was something that I remembered. It was like a, a sense of home. It was a sense of understanding. It was a sense of connection where the mind was totally gone off the grid and you were healing, you're hearing and, and feeling this information come through you with, with the ceremony, with the plant medicine, with your heart. And you were feeling it from that space in, in a much different, more conceptual or um, academic way.
2: Yeah, I think that answers it quite well, because when you said the mind kind of shuts off and you're feeling with the, feeling it with the heart, I think. That resonated with me because when I am experiencing those moments, it is more of just a remembering. It's like I was with Martin Duffy recently and he was saying stuff to me and I was just like kind of nodding. And he was like, you know this already. And I was like, I know. I was like, I do know this. It was like part of me, whether it's my soul or my heart, part of me did know everything he was telling me, even though. Technically, it was the first time someone ever said it. I just, mm. part of me already knew the answers that yeah, he was yeah. giving me. I think when I'm in that experience, my head, my my mind is switched off and it's more my heart connection. But I think it's when I come out that I start running over and I'm like, well, you could logically say he just guessed that thing because of this. Or, you know, I think should. it's just when you're in the moment, you just have to trust that it's a true moment. And at the same time, whether it's real or not, doesn't really matter for me because... Once it makes you a better person, once it helps you grow, once you're seeing the world in a way that's benefiting your life and benefiting other people's lives, I think that's why you choose that reality because we all live in our own realities, I think. So um, for me, it's like as long as I'm doing it, as you said, for the right reasons, to become a better person and not just to get high. Mm. Sometimes feeling a bit high after is a nice bonus after a breathwork session, but I don't go in there with that intention. Mm. You know, just on that, actually, and this relates... There's something that came up for me
0: in one of your Brett work sessions, Roland. Mm -hmm. On that question you asked there, Cormac, for me, what what seems to come up for me in the Brett work and different things I'm doing is it brings things into realization for me. Like, after it, I'm like, I fucking knew that, but it just, it wouldn't come to me in a normal setting. Mm -hmm. And an example of that is I was doing this thing a while back, okay, called psychodrama, and I was doing it with a psychotherapist. And long story short with this, it's, it's kind of like a role play. And it, I was discovering different parts of my soul, basically. And it was split into three parts. There was me as I am here. There was part of my addiction. I was in addiction for over 10 years with alcohol and drug abuse. And, and that strong part of me was behind me. And then there was another guy, an isolated, lonely part of my soul, which was in the corner of the room. And I had to get into the, go stand over in the corner of that room and become that part of my soul. And I was visualizing it and stuff. And all I could see was that part of me was in a vast ocean with nothing around them, completely lost. Okay. And then I was doing your visualization and on one of the breath holds, I actually went back to that ocean and I was there. By myself, like I was before, the psychotherapist had said to me, what's around you? What can you see? And I, there was nothing, just ocean. And all of a sudden, in the breath hold, I didn't tell you this, Cormac, yet. Cormac started swimming. Like, out of nowhere, Cormac swam in. And then a load of other mates, a load of the guys from the men's circle that we'd be doing, all these people started, like, swimming into this place that I was lost in and all of a sudden i was like lying there literally lying there floating as if it was being held up and so many people that I hadn't seen it in years and all of a sudden i'm not going to go into it too much but like we were all rising up ronan i didn't even know what you looked like properly but you were there do you know what i mean and it the realization that was giving me i knew all that part all it was telling me was that all them years you thought you were fucking on your own and that nobody gave a shit that you were isolated It's like everybody had been there all the time to help me if I had to just like let them in. Mm -hmm. And that was like a realization I had. And after that session where I was doing that psychodrama and I realized about this lost part of my soul, I didn't know that I want to hold on to that. Do you know, I I, I, I kind of thought I wanted to get rid of it, even though I was told I shouldn't. And it wasn't until that in the breathwork session, that was only last week, Mm -hmm. last Wednesday, that I was just able to accept it. And I was like, I can stop basically feeling so sorry for that part of myself because if i had to let the people in which i feel like i have now and like i don't know i just got such strength from that and that's just on your question comic like i know that that (laughs) i know that that didn't happen i'm not stuck in an ocean and that but it was like it just literally just told me you were never on your own all you had to do was ask and let those people in but I have such a visual of Cormac just mm-hmm. busting through the waves there and coming to save me basically. And then everyone else, you know? So yeah, from those experiences, I, it's always like a, a play for me, but I can take the message from that then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and then try and integrate that. Like you said, instead of just going in and getting the buzz, like trying to take what I can from it and then using that in life to keep progressing forward, to keep growing at I'm going deep enough with stuff these days with the breath work and different things, and I'm just loving the journey. Mm. Some of it's hard to look at, you know, or some of it's hard to see, and sometimes I'm it's creeping in. And I'm like, why didn't I just realize that back then? But sure. there wasn't no a way to see it back then, you know. It's happening when sometimes, it's supposed it's
1: to. Well, let's say sometimes you just, you just got to make the mistakes to come out to the mm. other side, you know. And yeah. I mean the what I'm imagining the the the, the psychotherapeutic work was like. In shamanic terms, it sounds like, um, oh, uh, bringing back your your lost part of your soul or your lost part of your spirit, you know, soul retrieval, mm-hmm. and yes. how you're inviting it back. And it, and it could it could you could be very right in in saying that you know how you understand it. How the another way of, of maybe kind of angle for, angle really of looking at it is that that's you you were adrift. When you at that time you were adrift and you and you and you felt as you went back into that into that um, soul retrieval or that younger self that was just like you felt that you might not have been enough at that time to to invite that part of yourself back in, but now as you go back in and you revisited that in, in that integration, your brother was there, your friends were there. And like you were changed, you know, and now you're able to go back and take that back in as well, you know, mm-hmm. take that yeah. so part of your soul in, you know, it just it's just you know, um, but yeah, and it's uh, and Martin Duffy does some fantastic work. He I, one of my first experiences again was with, was with Martin um, nine years ago maybe. And, I, I met
0: Martin myself for the first time last week. You know, he's such
1: a, he's such a he's such a linchpin for a lot Mm. of this work going on in Ireland, you know, he is a great guy. And one of my, one of my first experiences was on on his couch and yeah. And funnily that, that took, I think it took about three years to play out that, that, that whole thing Mm. Uh, about the story that I got, where it led me, where it led me back. And it led me back there. I think two or three years later doing, one of one of his shamanic um practitioner courses and so he just how the full circle happened there as well but it was you know very 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 synchronistic
2: mm. yeah i think just when you're touching on the word synchronistic i think even with the podcast now we had a, a kind of a goal like who we wanted to target or still kind of targeting like talking to some of them people we wanted to talk to from the start but it seemed to It's taken its own path now. Mm -hmm. We're doing one podcast and then someone's saying, oh, you should interview this person next. Or Mm -hmm. I think in our last podcast, you stumbled across us talking to Mancon. Yeah. It's almost free when you just trust that there's something else kind of guiding you without you having to force things. Because I think a lot of people, just at the minute, one of the things we like to touch on in the podcast is like how men find their purpose. So I think it sounds like maybe you were led on this journey for a reason. And I believe that myself and Dara went on our own journeys and came back for a reason, come back together to do something to help other people. But I think everyone has that blueprint purpose. Mm. They just have to discover what it is. And I, what would your thoughts be on that? Do you think everyone has yeah a deeper purpose?
1: Yeah, I do. I think, and, and that purpose is like so wide ranging, uh, but I think people, are, especially men, are afraid of their, their purpose because they they're, were such a uh, an achievement driven species that, you know, that, you know, if I succeed at this, then I can feel better about myself. So the, the, the nucleus of where so much of dysfunction is in male and female, but very strongly in male, is they just feel you're not enough. And when you feel, when you know that you're enough and you step into a, a place and you're like, whether it's Brett work or whether it's Wolf Brother work or whether it is um, helping people in some other different level, you don't have to try and prove anything. And when you're not trying to prove anything, people feel it and they kind of go, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they know it, you know, uh, like you're not trying to, you're not trying to, there's no sales pitch. When there's no sales pitch, you're like. I will I'll check it out I'll check it out Mm. um and maybe that's more of an Irish psyche but um Mm. it definitely comes from that from that place of knowing inside and feeling knowing that you're enough when you know you're enough people feel that they buy into it Mm. um
2: yeah definitely yeah
0: and another thing I just um wanted to ask you as well Ronan was i seen you were doing a cacao ceremony Mm. last Friday. Was that cacao and breadwalk? Yeah, Uh, yeah. uh, The funny thing was, I had actually seen your your Instagram page pop up a few times because the girl Amanda Walsh that you were doing that ceremony with, I used to work with FlyFit. I used to do personal training with FlyFit. So I'd just seen Amanda on Instagram and stuff. And it's funny because one of the first, actually the only spiritual experience i would call it with um yoga was actually one of amanda's classes on the Flyfit page i was doing it this probably over a year ago now i must have been started lockdown i was just in some hips uh stretching pose looking at the window and all of a sudden like i started crying and like i couldn't i didn't even know what was going on because i didn't know the connection between yoga and anything like that yeah. So it was actually only when I spoke to someone else, they were like, yeah, that could, you hold a lot of emotion in your hips and stuff. So I didn't even know that. Mm. And I just seen then the other day that you and Amanda were doing this cacao ceremony together. Um, and I was just wondering, could you tell me a bit about what that is and how it works? And-
1: yeah, she is, She's very gifted and she's very focused and integral about the work that she does and very much so with um, women's health. And cacao is, a very, is, a, is a, recognized as a feminine medicine as a heart opener. So we had decided that we chance we, it was the third one that we did last week and we just do it like every now and then maybe every two months. And it worked, you know, it worked. we had 40 plus people on it. Um, couples, small groups, single people, you know, it was, and uh, just as just one of the, one of the, I'll just tell you one of the, comments we got back afterwards was from a lady and she was like, I just had 30 years of therapy in, in, in three hours.
2: It mm,
0: you
1: know? was, was just like, it was just so big and that can happen with yoga or Brett work on its own, but together with the cacao, it's a beautiful synergistic effect of, you know, allowing you. And so and, uh, trust is such a huge thing. So, you know, we need to be vulnerable, or we need to feel that we're safe, so we can be vulnerable. And this is the hard thing about like having the the muscle on or having the power on. It, it's like a for me anyway. It was like a um, armor, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, trust is a huge thing when you go into ceremony, or even online, when you trust that you can be vulnerable in terms of allowing emotions to arise up, which is healing or allowing, you know, tremors in the body to shake out because the trauma is in the nervous system. It's not in your mind. It's in your hands. It's in your feet. It's in your kidneys. It's in your mm-hmm. pelvis. And some of the big spots we're holding, it would be in your, in your, in your hip flexors and your soleus muscle as well, recognized as being a
0: very emotional type of muscle. From what you said there, we hold a lot of, emotion in our nervous system the hands feet mm. when i was doing the the bread work with you and even my brother owen was doing it the other week and i noticed that a couple of points now we it's even come up when me and carmick have been doing a bit bread work ourselves and it's like a lot of shaking in the body as if and it feels to me sometimes like it's a bit of stress or a bit of nerves maybe leaving if i could describe it it's just I kind of nearly go into a, a bit of a spasm, a bit of a spasm. And it's like, <laughs> my hands are just flapping in my head. I'm like, if anybody walks in now, they're going to ring an ambulance. You know, but but it doesn't it doesn't last long. It's just very quick. And it it does feel like a bit of a release after. Is that is that normal? So
1: do you ever watch the, the nature channels? And you, you might have seen a, a deer or an impala or something getting chased by a lion. And then it gets away. And it lies down on the grass. And it shakes off. Gets up, mm. wags his tail, and runs off. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's just they. That's how they get rid of trauma. Mm. That's trauma. So, so when they're when they're like fight or flight has really kicked in, it's it's overburdened the system, and they the, you know a lot of them you know will say defecate before they be, as it before it happens to make space in their nervous system, oh. and that's what the, the term says. They shit yourself, you know. They, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> so you shit yourself so that you have space in your nervous system to to to, to function or support that. And so, like the impala would have shaken it off and got back. And but problem is, when we go into trauma, we hold on to it because our minds are trying to work it out. Mm. So, like, trauma could be you had a fucking bad argument with somebody, your friend or a, a spouse or whatever, and, and be like. You know, and it's all, and you got like, fucking grinding the teeth, and you wouldn't sleep that well, or you know, that's so. there's tra- little bits of trauma that come into the body, and they're held in the body, held in the nervous system. O- other ways, how it would be like you'd have a, you know, a, a car crash or a, a rugby tackle, you know, this all that's kind of that's all trauma as well that's gone into the body, and it's in the nervous system. We don't treat the nervous system; we just treat. And the and and the breath work is the gateway to the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So when you're breathing in that in that sense, and you're you're kind of surrendering or you're giving in to the to the flow of the breath, there's the body has found a space within its within to let go of part of a buildup that could be emotional, uh, usually it's emotional, or or our physical. So it's our physical or emotional. Just release that has just. You were the impala right then, you know, shaking it off and it's out of the nervous system and you've got it and your nervous system has got more
2: space now. I think people don't even realize their micro stressors building up. Well, that's, I suppose, because they're so small until you let them go. Like sometimes doing the breathwork session, I realize once something comes to a solution or it's resolved in a breathwork session, I realized the amount of weight I was carrying around in the form of stress after it's gone because it's I feel so much lighter. So I think there's loads yeah. of people who are probably going around with loads of built-up stress and don't even realize what's doing. To well
1: them. why why would you feel like you feel lighter because there's tension release. Mm. So that's you're like, oh you feel looser. That's why you feel lighter. Yes. Um yeah. but it's um yeah I mean this this it's the chronic state of the West mm. world and Ireland right now is that we've got so many you know, so it's not fight or flight that you have. You're not trying to get away from a hippo or a lion or whatever it is. And we're not, you know, we're not fighting each other in clans. So our, so what we do have is 40 emails or a boss that we don't get on with or a poor relationship of communication between a partner or a brother or a family member, um, traffic, you know, all these little things are the, are the cumulative effect of, of stress in the, in the nervous system, which turn into a dis-ease
0: mm-hmm. in the body. We were only talking about there with a different guy there before. And we were just saying the importance of having something in place to get rid of those micro-stressors, as we call mm-hmm. them. And me and Cormac had this hedonic calendar. And it's having certain things in place daily, weekly, monthly every half year and every year, say. Different things in place to flush out those micro-stressors. So an example for the daily could be meditation. Mm -hmm. The weekly could be a sea swim, a breathwork session, like one with yourself, Ronan. Monthly could be gathering in a a circle, whether it's men, mixed, speaking about how you feel. Maybe yearly could be more of a deeper spiritual experience. Mm. But having something in place I've only realized is so key now to, to to flush those out because those little stresses, like you said, even just little arguments with people, um, emails, like they, they really build up and mm. and they just they manifest into something mm. totally unnecessary. Whereas if we have these little rituals or things in place, just to just to flush them out or flush most of them out. So that they
1: don't build up. I, I completely agree and um completely agree. And what but also what happens when that build up happens and it doesn't become regulated and we don't have a method of distributing it, what we often turn to is a reward system. And the reward system is, is, is sugar, or the reward system is whatever the hook might be. So then we mm-hmm. become this dopamine response for you know, and again, coming down to feeling that. I'm not good enough. And if you're not good enough and you feel that something like sugar or chocolate or alcohol will make you feel better or mm-hmm. drugs, um, you know, we, and we go down that cycle, but I completely agree with you. I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's so much coming at us now because of technology. Uh, our, our brains have got to have, have had to fast forward their development capability just so we can stay sane you know Mm -hmm. so the whole and and, you know again the whole the power or the the paradox of the the social you might have seen the social dilemma even would be a good reference um but just we've got to be so we're social beings and even even society is so you know there's, there's certain questions you ask certain people and there's isn't conversations you have with other people and so it's a, you're always kind of on your guard as a navigation, you know, unless you just don't give a crap, which is yeah. great, you know? <laughs>